You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Play ball! Worldwide Sports Radio presents Moffitt on the Mic. Allow me to introduce myself. With Craig Moffitt. How you doing, everybody? It is good to be back only on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You are listening to the Moffat on the Mic radio show on a Friday night. And the number to call is always a 631-676-2968. That is 631-676-2968. As always, you can follow the show on Instagram at Moff on the Mic, Twitter at Moffat on the Mic, and our Facebook page as well. I am Craig Moffat, and it wouldn't be a Friday night show without the production stylings of Mr. Chris Cliff. What's going on, Craig? Here, I got a... How are you, Hammer? I'm doing good. I got a little nickname for you now. I think I'm going to call myself the People's Producer. Oh, God. I like that. Yeah, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know what? This might go over well. This show is taking applicants right now for producer. Thank you very much. <laughs> After that comment. <laughs> we got a lot to do and not a lot of time to do it. And again, the number to call is 631-676-2968. We'll get into NBA All-Star Weekend. We'll get into the Kaepernick and Eric Reed uh, settlement, uh, what that kind of means for both sides, in my, in my honest opinion. We'll get into uh, Le'Veon Bell news, more drama with them and the Steelers, with him and the Steelers. And we'll get into a few of the stories as well. But as always, we kick off this episode of Moffat on the Mic and every episode of Moffat on the Mic with four local. Or local. Can't wait. I can't wait either, Bart Scott. <clears throat> wow. Almost had a furball there. All right, excuse me. So we'll just take a minute because I just got something in my throat. <laughs> yeah, you're right over there? <laughs> it went down. You know, like you ever like you ever drink something and like it goes down the wrong pipe and you uh, just start yeah. you're, like you look like you're about to like hack up a lung. <laughs> yeah. That was gonna be me like two seconds ago. Like that's why I had to like catch myself for a minute because I knew if I talked too fast, I would forget it. <laughs> the show would just be me coughing for the first twenty minutes. So here we go. Four topic four local topics of the day, New York style. And away we go. Number one, uh, regarding the Mets, Jacob deGrom is talking about a possible innings restrictions limit. Uh, he hasn't really ruled it out as uh, this uh, I don't even know if you want to call it a standoff. The guy's under contract, so it's not like it's like a really major, major, major catastrophe. But uh, apparently he's using uh, pretty much whatever he can, any angle he can, to get the Mets to go to the table and get him a deal right before opening day. So the latest news has been he hasn't ruled out the possibility of basically taking himself out of games Mm -hmm. for uh, the sole purpose of preserving his arm, preserving his body, and then, you know, as almost like a – a shot at the Mets for basically not agreeing to an extension before opening day like he wants. Good. Um, Look, I'm going to be very honest. This doesn't sound like Jacob deGrom. This is just more his agent, I think, being a pain in the ass. And that's fine. The problem is is that he's under contract for two more years. Mm -hmm. There's nothing you can do. You're running the contract for this year and next year. And it's not like he's getting paid peanuts now. He's getting paid $17 million this year. But you have literally zero leverage right now. You have none. No leverage whatsoever. So why are you even going to make it – why are you even going to let it go this far? 
Why are you going to start, you know, and this is the thing that pisses me off because, again, it's like now we have the drama. We have the pitchers and catchers just reported two days ago. Mm-hmm. And these guys have already, they're already starting the drama. Yeah. Okay. Listen, nobody deserves an extension more than Jacob DeGrom. Let's get that out of the way right now. Jacob DeGrom deserves to get paid. But it's just this notion that the Mets have to go right now to give him an extension that bothers me. When we all know that's where it's going. Do you really think the Mets are going to let Jacob DeGrom walk without an extension? No, no way. I mean, come on. Brody's smarter than that, too. There's I mean, no... it, that's why I think this is all just like, not smoke and mirrors, but I guess it's just, it's like sound signifying nothing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean anything. You really think Jacob DeGrom is going to take himself out of a game? No. You really think that Jacob DeGrom is going to say in the fifth inning, I'm good, after like 60 pitches? No. He's a competitor. He's a warrior. That's what he does. He's not going to start playing this game, and he's not going to start, you know, dancing around this whole thing. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. <laughs> you all right there? Yeah, we're both, we're both messed yeah. up. <laughs> I know, man. That's why I don't like to drink this stuff before shows or during shows because I have a feeling I'm going like, to, like, cough my ass off. <laughs> the thing is about Jacob deGrom is just, again, you just can't – like. These are the types of things that bother me. And then what's happening is the media is kind of jumping on it further, acting like, well, it's, uh, it's mind-boggling. I was reading uh, David Lennon today, who most of his stuff is actually really good. And then I think back to what Tim Healy said on the show on Wednesday mm-hmm. when he was just like, I wouldn't really, you know, you don't have to rush to the table to get him a deal yeah, kind of thing. And David Lennon is like writing this thing, and like I think he's kind of trying to poke the bear, mm-hmm. right? And David Lennon's like, well, you know, it's, I, people are – dumbfounded as to why the Mets haven't made an offer. Well, why do they have to make an offer right now? We have to stop putting the Mets in this position like, oh, well, they don't want to pay this guy and they don't want to pay that guy. It's a load of crap. Some reporters just do that. They just love to poke the bear. And they love to entertain that whole thing that, oh, yeah, they don't want to, they don't want to pay Jacob. Or not that they don't want to pay Jacob, but it's like, oh, but all this stalling. It's like, it's two weeks. They just got to the spring training two days ago. I get it. You know, the longer he sits out there without an extension or whatever, talk to me in June if the guy doesn't have the extension by now. Talk to me in the offseason before the 2020 season when it's his last year, and then I'll be nervous. But for crying out loud, I mean, the guy just got to training spring training two days ago. And I cannot believe this story has taken on so much drama that you're literally going to try to cause a rift between Jacob DeGrom and the New York Mets. Absolutely. It's, it's crazy. I mean, look, people are just trying to get the headline grab. And they're, yeah, doing a, they're, doing, they're doing a good job of it. It's, 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 it's ridiculous, though. And it's just like, it's so, it just, it, it's just ridiculous. I guess that's the best word to describe it. I could understand if it was, again, if we were in the year 2020, it was his last year. It was like the John Tavares year. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have the extension yet. Then I'd be freaking out a little bit. I'd be a little nervous. But the fact is, is that he just got to training camp and he's two years under team control. Jacob DeGrom has zero leverage right now. Yeah, if he really wants to, he could sit out the season. But that looks more... That looks worse on him than it does on the Mets. Absolutely. That doesn't look that doesn't look any bad on the Mets. 
But they'll find a way to spin it to make it look like it's bad on the Mets. Patience, people. I don't understand why this is so hard. I would say I'm about 99.9% confident that a deal with Jacob DeGrom will get done. Same. Now, will it be before spring training ends? I don't know. I don't think the Mets are in any legitimate rush right now. I really don't. They're not, and you're absolutely right. Look, they have two years left on his arbitration. And they just gave him $17 million. They just gave him a $9 million raise. So how can you sit there and say that, oh, the Mets are cheap. They don't want to pay him. They just gave him a one-year deal for $17 million. People got to relax, man. Oh, my God. I was reading this on the way home, and it was just driving me crazy. Mm -hmm. Oh, Jacob DeGrom has every right to do that to the Mets. Okay, maybe he does. I'm not saying he doesn't. But the Mets don't have to beg Jacob DeGrom to sign tomorrow. That's the point. You think any other team that had, like, listen, I know the Yankees just got brought up Severino. We'll get to that in a minute. But if Aaron Judge just sat there and said, well, you know, all of a sudden I want to – I need. I know. I want to get my extension, and my agents are giving me till this day to get an extension. Cashman's not going to blink. Cashman's going to be like, "You're under team control, man. We don't have to talk about anything right now." Yeah. I got better. I got bigger fish to fry right now than you. No one doubts the talent. No one doubts that he's a you know phenomenal player, Cy Young winner. But I mean, we have to stop crucifying the Mets every time something just drags out for longer than a week. Everybody gets it in their head. Oh, they want to spend money. They just gave the guy $17 million this year. Clem, what is going on with our fan base, man? I don't know. It's just like it's mind-boggling. It really is friggin' mind-boggling. Why people insist on poking the bear on something that just doesn't need to be right now. And like I said, Jacob DeGrom definitely deserves an extension. He deserves to get paid. So what happens if the Mets don't get him signed before opening day? Is it really that big of a deal? It's not. It's really not that big of a deal. I think people just – I think Mets fans just want to be assured that, okay, we're, this guy's going to be on the team for the next couple of years, you know, because right now you don't have anyone like that. I mean, look, David Wright just is gone. Cespedes is – not healthy. You know, they will we have a surefire thing with Jacob DeGrom with winning the Cy Young and be the dominant pitcher he has been. So they want Met fans want him to lock him up now. Look, I don't blame Met fans for wanting to get this done. Sure. But they're it's gonna get done. Just so Met fans, relax and it's gonna get done. Trust us. Yeah, I, I I just like I said, I don't see the I don't see the rush. And like I said, I think if he starts playing these little stupid games where he's like, oh, I'm going to take myself out of a game, I think that looks worse on DeGrom. Mm -hmm. I don't think that looks any worse on the Mets. Honestly, I I doubt DeGrom most of the time pitches six, no more than seven innings a game. Not with that bullpen. Not when you have Edwin Diaz. Not when you have Jairus Familia. And Justin Wilson, just to name a few guys, Gazelman and Lugo, their bullpen is stacked this year.
But for crying out loud, just stop making this more than it needs to be. It's just, you know, like I said, I can understand if this was his last year. He is two years away from free agency. And everybody's sounding the alarm. Oh, Jacob DeGrom's thinking about doing this. Jacob DeGrom's thinking about doing that. It's like if you didn't know any better, Clem, you would think that the reporters don't want the Mets to sign him. So they could just say, I told you so. I told you two years ago that he was going to walk. On to number two. The Yankees avoided arbitration with Luis Severino and gave him a four-year, $40 million deal with a $15 million option for the year after that. And again, that's Brian Cashman for you right there. The guy just knows how to make deals, man. I thought this was a great deal. Absolutely. I think it's it's a tremendous deal for the Yankees. You're paying Luis Severino, who had potential to be an ace. He could have commanded ace money. And you only have to pay the guy $10 million a year. I mean, bravo to Cashman. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, I think it's a terrific signing for the Yankees. Absolutely. Fantastic signing. And people understand. Look, I understand what people may think. Like, oh, maybe you you didn't have to give it to him because he did have a horrific last half of the season last year. But it's a fair deal, though. Yes, it is. Okay, like that's my, you know, I think it's a totally fair deal because you're not breaking the bank for the guy. You have him now for the next four years at a very team-friendly $10 million a year. Mm-hmm. Imagine if this guy wins 19 games this year. That'll be a bargain. Exactly. It'll be a freaking bargain. Exactly. And I don't think Yankee fans, for the Yankee fans that, that don't like this deal. Like, oh, good. Yeah, you see, that that's so typical, right? Because there's always, like, those stupid Yankee fans who just, like, have a reason to bitch and moan about the deal. Oh, oh my God. He was he was the terrible second-hand pitcher. So What? Student Cy Young potential talent, and he showed that the first half of the year. The fact you got him locked up for the next four years until he's thirty years old at ten million a year, at Claire. ten million a year, and then when he when his contract is up when he's thirty, it'll that will be the time whether you determine okay, is this guy worth it to bring him back or is he going to walk in the free agency? This is a great deal. You're paying him peanuts right now, and. It's just a good deal. It's an overall good deal. But think about what that does, though. It gives you now more money to go sign Aaron Judge when it's time. Mm -hmm. If you decide to keep Gary Sanchez, you can bring him back. And Duhor, Torres. You know? I mean, I'm just saying, like, and here is the problem with All-Star Weekend. (laughs) The game is just so boring. (laughs) Sorry. We're going off subject there. We'll get to that later. But, again, back to the the Yankees. If you hate this signing – then you have not been a Yankee fan for very long. Mm-hmm. Or you're just so close-minded that you're focusing on, oh, well, he was terrible in the game against the Twins in the wild card game two years ago when they had to take him out because he didn't get out of the first inning. The guy won 17 games last year. 17. It's a tremendous signing. And they just leave it at that. Number three, Islanders bounced back in a huge way last night, beating, shutting out the Columbus Blue Jackets 3 to nothing after that tough loss against Buffalo. Clint, did you know that Thomas Grice has four shutouts this year? Does he really? I know I know, think, I, I know I think Leonard's like four, doing re- I heard like – it was like a weird stat. I, I don't know if it's 100% right, but it was in Newsday. I was reading about the article about the game that apparently like in his last like seven games like or eight games. Now remember, Leonard started most of the games this year. Grice has been more the back-to-back guy. So it's not like Grice is the everyday starter, but four out of like the last eight games or seven games, he shut out the teams that he started. 
Yeah, look, I, the, the Islanders goalies have stepped up huge this year. You know what that is, man? That's Trotz. Yes, it is. That's Mitch Korn, the goaltending coach. The guys that Trotz brought over. Like everyone, when when Robin Leonard came in here, everyone was just like, "Oh, he's probably just a filling guy for a year or two, and that, we weren't going to expect anything." I hope this guy gets a good deal in the off season. This guy deserves to stay. I would not sign him to a long term deal, though. You don't think so? How old is he? It's not that he's old. I just remember these when sometimes I I think the Isles need a more solidified goalie, like a guy like a Jonathan Quick type goalie. He's twenty seven years old. Isn't uh, bad. I mean, I, I can't bring Leonard back on a big deal. I just can't. I know he's having a, a monstrous year for the Islanders. And maybe they do. I don't know. Like, I'd be, I wouldn't be upset if Leonard came back. I don't know, man. I want to see, like, a, like, a, like I said, like a Jonathan Quick-type goalie every day for the Islanders. Oh, yeah, I understand that. But, I mean, look, if, the way, if you can sign him back – like Sergey Bobrovsky, I would I would love to see, but I think the island, but I think what's going to happen is, and I'm really I'm dead serious on this, I could see them bringing Leonard back to keep the you know keep the crease warm for when they bring up Ilya Sorokin hmm. from Russia. Well, speaking of Thomas Grice, you know you know Thomas Grice leads the league in save percentage. What's it? Is it like under two? No, ninety three percent. He saves ninety three percent of the shots he faces. What's his goals against average? It's gotta be like two like it's gotta be barely above two. Let's see what his goals against average is. Two point two. Two point two. And Leonard is and he's two, a backup. And Leonard is two point oh eight. Dude, that's crazy. That's man. look, that's why this is basically why the Do you Islanders have any idea? Winning? The Islanders could get so much for Thomas Grice right now oh, if they yeah. really wanted to trade him. Oh if, yeah. If they really wanted to trade him to a contending team. They could definitely put something together if they really want to. Ooh, it's, now, the, it's the reason why the, Yan- the Yankees, the Islanders are where they are. It's nice to have, though. It's a nice problem to have. Two really good goaltenders. But <laughs> yeah. again, though, that's trots. I mean, look, the I'm looking at the uh, goals against average for the league average. Leonard and Grace are one and two. It's insane, bro. It's insane. That's, yeah, safe percentage. But here's what I love about it, right? The Islanders get a hiccup against Buffalo. They didn't play a bad game. They didn't play a great game, though. And they come back on the road against Columbus, and they shut them out. Mm -hmm. And the scoring is so consistent now because they don't have, like, you know, Tavares is killing it in Toronto. We already know that. He's got over 30 goals already this year and everything. And it's not even the All-Star break yet. Not the All-Star break. I'm sorry. We're not even at the trade deadline. I'm talking about um, uh, whatever. Get it mixed up with basketball. But Casey Sezikis has had a monster year for the Islanders. 15 goals. I think Josh Bailey's over 10. He's got to be over 10 by now. Barzell has 15, 16 goals. Anders Lee's in double digits. It's just to name a few guys. I mean, the level of scoring has been so consistent. Yes, you know, to get you through that hump, you want to have that superstar, but they don't have that right now. Yeah, we don't don't know what they're going to do at the deadline. You know, I think they're one of those teams that's kind of an enigma. So is Columbus. Because Panarin is a free agent after this year, mm-hmm. and so is Bobrovsky. I mean, what do you do? Like, it's, one of the, it's a weird dilemma right now. Panarin's pretty much saying he doesn't want to come back. And I don't think Bobrovsky's going to want to come back either. Like I said, if the Islanders can get a, a good player like that, it will help them so much in the 
in their playoff push. Mm-hmm. It, I, a player like that caliber, and we're not saying that Barzell, Andres Lee, Josh Bailey, Brock Nelson, they're not bad players. No. But they need a little bit more. Yeah, and of they, course they do. And I mean, if they can get a player like that, they'll help immensely. Like I said, if you can wind up with, like, Panarin, but I don't think they want to help Columbus. That's what I, I, I really mm. believe that. Because, uh, you know, remember, Columbus is chasing them. Yeah. You make the wrong deal to Columbus, they could pass you. But I think you can try to get Matt Duchesne from Ottawa. Just an example. Is you know is Edmonton sucking again this year? Uh, I'll let you know in a couple seconds. I'm thinking standings. There they are. They've had they've had these guys for so long. I mean, I, obviously Connor McDavid is untouchable, but yeah, Ryan Nugent Hopkins wouldn't be available. Maybe I wouldn't mind right. Or- Ryan Nugent Hopkins, he's decent. He's not awful. But, I mean, I don't know if they're in the playoff race, though. I'm pretty sure I they're not. I will let you know right now. They but, are They are nowhere. Yeah, they're nowhere close. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That yeah, team, it's amazing how bad, how disappointing that team has been with all the years that they were in the lottery. Yeah. With the top picks, with Connor McDavid and with – uh, not Yakupov and Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and it was a couple. It was I mean, it was only a couple of years ago they made it to the second round of the playoffs. The Oilers, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was either McDavid's first or second year in, and they went pretty far. And now they're just <laughs> real quick. As soon, you know what it was when they traded Taylor Hall. I think that's actually a good point. When they traded Taylor Hall, Taylor Hall kill is killing it for the Devils. Well, not not this year. He's and you could argue but. when they traded Jordan Everly too. Yeah, him too. Jordan Everly, the Islanders. Me too. It was tough. It was too. But key I just thought, but they haven't been good in years uh, since the kind of like that whatever that year was. Yeah, but there's options out there, but they they need more, and the idea is to get more offense before the deadline. They have to get more offense. They can't sit back like they did in years past and just kind of ignore mm-hmm. it. And then it was announced today that the team will be playing the first round of their playoff games at the Nassau Coliseum and the remaining rounds at the Barclays Center. That's huge. That is huge. Um, You know, it's kind of funny, though. Isn't it amazing how the Barclays Center didn't even want the Islanders anymore? They just got tired of them. But now, all of a sudden, they want to cash in on them making the playoffs. Oh, obviously. You know? Obviously. It's It's like so typical, like – you know, Prokhorov wanted nothing to do with the Islanders anymore. He was so, you know, because they, he just didn't think they were a revenue builder. And now they're actually a really good team this year. And yeah. I'm sure he was the first one. And I'm sure all the other, you know, big wigs over there were bitching and complaining about, oh, they're not going to play all their games at the Coliseum. Yeah, but you don't give a rat's ass about them. You even give them a decent schedule. I think, that, I think this is perfect for the Islanders. You get that first round. That's a, that's a huge advantage, whether, it's your, whether the Islanders as get As long home. as you get game one at the Coliseum. You got to get game one at the Coliseum. You can't be, a, you can't be the visiting team this it, time. I think either way, it's huge. You can't be game three and four like at the Coliseum. You need one and two at the Coliseum. You got to set the tone mm-hmm. for the series. And I think in that place, first of all, the ticket's going to be ridiculously expensive. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. I don't care though, because I actually might. I don't give it. I don't give a crap. I might just try to go, just because I really want to go to an Islander. I want to definitely gotta go to a playoff game. But basically, all right, you you can't drink anymore. It's like it's like gross. Right in the mic. Yeah, dude. It's like <laughs> my bad. 
It's like I could hear you like, like, <laughs> it's like I could say something, but they'll probably pull the plug. So I'm not going to. Um, but it's a great thing for the Islanders, for the fans. I mean, they're most likely going to be a, definitely going to be a playoff team at this point. I highly doubt they're going to have a collapse, especially if they re get reinforcements at the deadline. Yeah. And then it becomes a case of who are you going to play in the first round? Yeah, but like that the, stadium's going to be rocking, man. It's going to be rocking. The tailgate, they'll be out there at 8 o'clock in the morning if it's an afternoon game. Oh, absolutely. Look, they're first in the Metro right now. They're third in the East. I think playoffs are inevitable at this point. You got cat. The Capitals are behind the Islanders in the Metro by three points, and the Bruins are behind the Islanders in the, e- in the East in, by two points. Yeah. So... But I mean, who knows? Who knows down the road if they can get that? But there was no way you weren't going to be weren't going to play games at the Coliseum. Like you were definitely going to play games at the Coliseum. Yeah, no question. So, on the number four, we're at home, we're at All Star Weekend. The Knicks and Nets end on a high note as the Knicks actually finally won a game by beating the Atlanta Hawks last night and um, snapping their eighteen game losing streak. While the Nets uh, finished off with their triple overtime win on Wednesday against the Cavaliers. Wouldn't it be like, wouldn't it be funny if like the Knicks, Knicks just went on a winning streak right after the All-Star break? <laughs> That'd be typical. And they, won, and they won four, like, because now, the, now they're not the worst team in the league anymore. Now they're tied with the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, that'd be typical Knicks. Be typical Knicks to do that. The but guys, the question is, would the, would the Suns need Zion Williamson? Yes. You think they need Zion Williamson? Oh, absolutely. Um, just imagine Zion Williamson. Well, is he a Williams. forward or center? He's, he's, right now he's the power forward. So, but he can play like power forward uh, and like small forward. He can play everything, really. Honestly, I think he. If I had to compare him to anyone in the league right now, mm-hmm. LeBron James, the way he plays, just his stature, the, his size and speed, it's LeBron James, really. Maybe not like, and I think he could possibly build up to that. But imagine a team, the team of Devin Booker, Zion Williamson, and DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. That's a scary young power three. And that would just basically dry like the Knicks fans' hearts would just explode oh. at that point. If like I said, and I've said it time. I could totally again. see the Knicks winning like four in a row and then like knocking themselves out of the top three. <laughs> I've s i have said this time and time again. If the Knicks don't get Zion and both of these uh Max free agent guys and during the offseason, it's over. That's it. For five years. I'm telling you right now. But like five, I said, though, they, they have nothing to sell. The, the What do they have to sell? Exactly. They have nothing to sell, and you can't – and we've – me and Craig have we, – we've – Like, what are they selling? We've preached it time and time again on the show. You can't sell the Knicks on the Garden or being in New York. It's yeah. not that cool to play in, honestly. It's not that great because what, cause what the last eight years, nine years – They've brought no one in to help. And that was even with Mello. They didn't do it last year. They didn't do it the year Remember, they were supposed to get, like, Chris Paul, and they were supposed to get all these guys, like, you know, because Mello was friends with Chris Paul and everything, and Chris Paul blew them off. I don't know why I don't see Kevin Durant coming here, unless he just really, really, really wants to come here. Yeah. But I don't see Kevin Durant coming here, man. Like, if you're Kevin Durant, would you really leave Golden State? No. Like, why would you leave Golden Golden State? Why would you leave? You know, listen. If Clay decides to go sign a max deal with the Lakers, especially after they get Anthony Davis, you know, then that's a different story. But why would you leave Golden State? There's no need to leave Golden State. Like, I don't think. Like, and 
I just, I just, I just don't think that. Because the thing is, I, I think that here's why I say that Kevin Durant doesn't won't come to the Knicks. Kevin Durant does not want to be put in a situation at this stage in his career. He's already won championships, and he's not the number one option. Mm-hmm. It's always Steph. Okay. You can even argue that Clay is the second option on that team. He doesn't want to go to a team. I don't think he'd want to go to a team where he has to do it all by himself. I don't see it. I really don't. And I could be wrong. But I'm saying you're going from the top dog in the NBA to one of the worst teams in the NBA. Okay? It just it doesn't add up for me, man. It really doesn't. Oh, I agree with you 100%. And Look, whether he does go to a team or not, just so he can be like, just so he can get from under the shadow, be like, okay, I can do this by myself. Yeah, the Knicks are the team to go to, but you're not gonna do that. You're not gonna you go can't. to the Knicks. The Knicks are not an attractive team. They don't even have attractive bench players. The only person who is like worth going to play with on that team is Dennis Smith Jr. You haven't sold Kevin Knox hasn't sold me yet. But Look, while I, but while I think that you know. David Fisdale could be a good coach for the Knicks. I think in some ways he's kind of a douche. Yeah. Because I think like the way that, you know, he alienated Enos Cantor, like I mean, I don't I just don't understand why Enos Cantor's not playing. And now he's you know, now he's in Portland. But I'm saying like the way he treated certain players and this is something this is a reputation that followed him to, you know, from when he was in Memphis. They got him run out of Memphis because Marcus All was was getting tired of him. Now, look, at the end of the day, if you get him, if you get Durant, fine. If you get Kyrie Irving, fine. But something just tells me that the Knicks are going to want, I don't know. I just don't see Kevin Durant coming here. I really don't. I could see Kyrie coming here. Even if they do get those players, they get Kyrie and they get Kevin Durant, they have no bench. There's no bench. All these guys are gone after this season. Yeah, you got to round out the team. Yeah, there's no way. I mean, look, you still have Kevin Knox, which is fine, but I mean, he has still he has still potential. But I mean, he hasn't, and he's shown he's shown at times he can play, but still need a little bit more from Kevin Kevin Knox and Dennis Smith Jr. Is Dennis Smith Jr. He's great. I loved it. I love Dennis Smith Jr. He should have. No, been, he's actually been pretty good for them. I think he has been. Him. But and DeAndre Jordan's actually been pretty good for them too. They actually might bring him back. I think it would be smart. I think it's smart to bring him back and have him and have Mitchell Robinson learn under him. Sure. But I just you can't. I, I just think there's nothing to sell on Kevin Durant on right now. Yeah, I mean the media market, the marketing opportunities. Yeah, we get all that stuff. That being said, though, all right, you need to stop. <laughs> You're gonna have to mute your mic when you drink coffee <laughs> in the show. <laughs> but again, though, outside of that. And outside of Madison Square Garden, which I've said repeatedly on the show is the most overrated arena in history, what do you have to sell Kevin Durant? Nothing. You have nothing. It's not the history of the Knicks. It's not like they won multiple here, championships. And here's the worst part: if Kevin Durant comes to the Knicks, the pressure just is overwhelming for him. Oh, absolutely. it's not even going to be a case of. You know, oh, yeah, take your time. No, they're going to expect – Nick fans are going to expect a championship within at least a couple of years. Absolutely. Absolutely. Season ticket prices are going to go through the roof because of Kevin Durant coming here. 
of Kyrie Irving coming here. The pressure will be overwhelming for these guys. They won't be able to handle it. And you saw how Durant was during that press conference last week and when uh, they asked him about it and he got mm-hmm. really testy and pissy about mm-hmm. it. This is no different. It's going to be ratcheted ten times more. If he fails, he comes out of the gate slow. Does the minute the Knicks were to, if, to sign Kevin Durant, he automatically gets the keys to the city. Automatically. That's his town. Everybody and their grandmother gets the key to the city here. <laughs> but for Kevin Durant, you know, Didn't they have... Did Sui get a key to the city when he signed with them? Don't even bring that... Don't even <laughs> mention that name to me. But, like, it will it, be a, just a whole different era. And he'll, he'll, be, he'll, have to, he'll be forced to be the guy. He'll be bigger than Car- Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. He'll be bigger than the 94 Knicks. Mm-hmm. He'll be bigger than Patrick Ewing. Maybe not Patrick Ewing, but he'll be up there with Patrick Ewing. Bigger than Kiki Vandaway. <laughs> but that's the that's the level Kevin Durant brings, and there'll be an immense amount of pressure on him when he comes here, if he comes here. Like I said, at the end of the day, I hope the Knicks have more to sell than just Madison Square Garden because right now you don't have anything to sell. And trust me, teams see the way that Kristaps Porzingis was treated because I don't think it was all just Kristaps Porzingis. I think Kristaps Porzingis was very upfront with the Knicks and just said, I don't see where this team is going, you know, so I want out. Yeah, look, and that's another thing, too. Your best, play- your best player just came out and said, yeah, I'm not liking the way this, this team is going. So what makes that attractive to other players? Be like, if your best player, Kristaps Porzingis, this was supposed to be your guy. Mm-hmm. Everyone put their faith in in, Kevin, in uh, Kristaps. And now he was just like, yeah, this team, this or, he basically said the organization stinks yeah. and he doesn't want to play anymore. So what kind of message does that say to Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Tobias Harris, Kemba Walker, guys who are free potential free agents? It's not. And you can't tell me that the Nets are less attractive than the Knicks right now. Because right now, the Nets are way more attractive than the Knicks. See, but the Nets don't strike me as the type of team that are going to go after, like, the big fish. I know they can afford it. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying they can't. But I think, first of all, one of those max deals is definitely going to D'Angelo Russell. I think the other one should go to Tobias Harris. If they can get him. I think they can. I think they can. Brooklyn's it's hometown for him. He grew up on Long Island, here on Long Island. Brooklyn would make. Listen, I would love to see. I would love to see Tobias Harris on the Nets. Absolutely, it would be. It would be. It would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if that's going to really happen because I think Philadelphia is going to do everything they can to keep him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they got to keep a lot of people in too. That's very true. Time to take five on the Moffat on the Mike Radio Show, and you've been listening to us on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network on a Friday night. The number to call is six three one six seven six two nine six eight six three one six seven six two nine six eight. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll address the elephant in the room uh, with the uh, NBA All-Star Weekend and the NFL settling their case against – well, not their case. They're just settling their suit brought forth by Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed, who mm-hmm. just signed actually just signed a three-year extension with Carolina uh, yesterday. So we'll get into that, and then we'll get into in the second half. We'll, uh, we'll do five outside the tri-state area. So you're listening to the Moffat on the Mic radio show only on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We'll be back right after this. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, 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 you're listening to Moffat on the Mic on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.
Welcome back to the Moffat on the Mic radio show, only on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And the number to call is always at 631-676-2968. That is 631-676-2968. You can follow us on Instagram at Moffat on the Mic, Twitter at Moffat on the Mic, and our Facebook page as well. You know an interesting fact about that song? The Beastie Boys stopped playing that song a long time ago because fans were getting, like, too crazy, and they were, like, literally, like, beating the crap out of each other and, like, mosh pits and stuff like that. It's a great song. It is a great song. I'm not saying it isn't. And, you know, I'm sure they know that. I'm sure they would love to play it. <laughs> but they can't, They just stopped playing it altogether because I think people just got, like, so so crazy when that song came on that it was just, like, it was, like, World War Three on, like, on, <laughs> in the pits and everything. So, actually, a good band. I've seen them a few times. Oh, I wish I could see them. I've seen them a few times. Well, obviously, they don't. Really, they're not really touring anymore because uh, uh, well, they can't. MCA really. died. Yeah. But um, I think even so, like I just don't think that they. Even if he was around, I don't think they would tour as much anymore because I just they're really they're like in their fifties now. I think are they really? They have to be either 50s? in their forties or fifties. If I'm not, I mean, let me see. I could be wrong, but they're definitely either pushing late forties or not. But there's there's guy they got to be at least in their late forties. So, the he they uh, Adam Yawk is, uh, is that how you pronounce his last Ad name? Rock. We'll just do Ad Rock. Forty-seven. Forty-seven. MCA passed away like a few years ago. I think he died like three or four years ago. And no, then, I feel like it was way longer than that. I could be wrong. I mean, yeah, I mean, it doesn't feel like it. But and then um, Mike D has got to be like in his probably same age, like forty-eight. Mike D is fifty-three. Wow, he's 53 years old? Yeah. Wow, I would have never guessed that. would have never guessed that. But they were awesome. Oh, I wish I could have seen them. Like, I've seen them. Um, when I used to work at the Hammerstein Ballroom, that mm. was like my oh – my God, I, I wish I could – it wasn't the fact of just working there for concerts, but I worked with just some, I worked with just some awesome people. Mm. You know, that was one of the things I kind of felt like I was really lucky. I was lucky to work, like, in different jobs with just amazing people. You know, mm-hmm. and that's what made the job at Hammerstein so much fun. The concerts were great. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we got we got paid to watch concerts, okay? Because once the main band came on, nobody came to the bars to like order drinks. They yeah. were they were there watching the show. But we just but uh, like working with awesome people. So the Beastie Boys did a nine eleven benefit at the Hammerstein Ballroom. They were the headliners. They just did like a DJ set. You know, kind of stuff. They didn't do like, uh, th- like when they do like the band stuff, like when they play the instruments, they yeah. s- they suck. But when they just do like straight up, just rapping the whole time, they're really they they were great. And I remember it was like them. It was like uh, the B fifty twos, the Strokes. It was like a lot. Of, it was a real like weird like uh, lineup, but it was for a benefit. Yeah, and it was awesome. And they just like they totally killed it. You know, but like just seeing them in like the Hammerstein Ballroom was crazy. You know, because they're so they were so huge. They still were huge well after, you know, the 80s and all that stuff. But, um, but yeah, so they don't even play that song. And then all the times I've seen them, they never played No Sleep Till Brooklyn. Really? And that's, like, one of my favorite songs, too. I love that song. I can't you believe know? that. But they played, like, Sure Shot. They played, you know, they played Sabotage, of course, you know. And that's, like, not one of my favorite songs, Sabotage. Like, I like it. I don't, I'm you know, never, I, I don't love Sabotage, but it's not, it's not my favorite song. You know, everyone, like, when you hear things like that, like, a lot of, like, like sports highlights, you hear Sabotage and everything. Like, sabotage is a good song, but it doesn't, it doesn't turn the record for me. I mean. It's okay. Like, it's not, it's not my cup of tea. Like, it's not my favorite song in the world. Yeah. But, like, Sure Shot's a great song. So What You Want's a great song. Paul Revere's a good song. Paul Revere. My God. 
girls mm-hmm. right that song alone is like the, fir- the first time i ever heard the beastie boys we were warming up for a lacrosse game at i forgot what school it was and they were playing it on i'm like it was brass monkey it was the beastie boys and i was like okay i can get behind this oh, they were that song was amazing brass, brass monkey was it was just because i'm listening to it, i'm like this is pretty funny like just this song and the way it was just going i was like okay I'm, i was like head bobbing the whole time and i was like okay yeah. i got this but they are like i mean they were I mean, I think the odds of you seeing Mike D and Ad Rock touring again mm-hmm. are just never. Yeah. Because I think they would never do it without MCA. Yeah, they probably can't. Uh, it wouldn't be the same. Yeah, it's not, it's not the same. And that's the same reason why you don't see uh, NWA get back together. It's not the same without EZE. Yeah. But, all right, Clem, let's address the elef- elephants in the room. Um, let's do the Kaepernick thing first, and then we'll do the uh, – we'll touch on – NBA All-Star Weekend. Um, so as everybody knows, the NFL settled their lawsuit today with uh, Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed. And here's what I make of that. First of all, I think whenever you settle, you're guilty in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. may not be 100% guilty, but I think you're guilty. Okay? I think sometimes when you settle a lawsuit like this, you are admitting guilt. You are admitting that owners colluded to blackball Colin Kaepernick out of the league. That's what I think. At the same time, when I see Colin Kaepernick accepting a cash payout, I kind of feel like he sold out too. I feel like that he, all his protesting now means absolutely nothing. The NFL pro the NFL players shouldn't even protest anymore. It's it's done. It's over. I feel like it's been over. You know, it was stale for a while, but now this pretty much like to me. I feel like if he really wanted to send a message, he wouldn't even have accepted it. He would just let it sit there. Yeah. This type of thing to me doesn't entitle you to to money mm-hmm. I think it just entitles you for your voice to be heard yeah if you accept money for this kind of thing then I think you sold yourself out yeah I mean look we don't know what he's going to do with the money it could go in his pocket it could go to charities we don't know mm-hmm. but you don't I, I think I agree with you to an extent that yeah I mean for, for, if you're it feels re, like you're really behind this movement and you were standing for it you don't make money you don't. You shouldn't make money off of this. You'd still be fighting the cause. It's like when you hear something like this, right? You feel like you have to take like a second shower because you just don't feel right. Cause yeah. It's just like you feel like grimy about yeah. it because it's like he protested for so long, mm-hmm. and people were behind him mm-hmm. to the point where they were trying to boycott rappers to participate in the Super Bowl halftime show because of him. And to me, it just seems like. Okay, here's like twenty million dollars. Let's say, yeah. Now go away. So it's like that. Then I'm, we're assuming that's it. You know, no one's allowed to kneel and do anything like that. Anymore. I mean, you could kneel if you want to, but I mean, it, there's no point to it now. Yeah. Now, it, now this is pretty much a done deal. What did Eric Reed have? I mean, I understood what he did, but Eric Reed was signed by a team, though. Yeah, but it you took a, it took way too long. It took way too long for him to get signed. He is a very good – he's a very good player. Yeah, yeah. Colin Kaepernick, I personally think he's, now, he's an awful football player. He's not good, but <laughs> – He 
here's what I don't like about Eric Reed. Mm-hmm. Eric Reed came into the league after he finally got signed by the Panthers with like this mega chip on his shoulder. And he was showing up at the games. Remember, he got into it with like Malcolm Jenkins during the Eagle game. I think yeah. He, I don't remember what he called him, but he called him something really bad. And then he was, I think he was getting like stupid penalties and like all that stuff because, again, he was angry. He was angry that it took that long to sign him. And you have every right to be angry. I'm not saying you don't. But the fact is, is you didn't get signed. Teams didn't want you. Sometimes it's just, that's just how it is. Hmm. You know, well, I can understand why people don't want Colin Kaepernick. I mean, look, yeah, can he be a backup in the NFL? Sure, he can. I'm always reminded about what Lashawn McCoy said. Lashawn McCoy hit the nail on the head about Colin Kaepernick. What he said, I forgot. He basically said that we he did, he didn't understand why we're wasting so much time on a player who is average. Yeah, below average, I think. Like personally. he's not a Pro Bowler. He's not a Hall of Famer. He's not. <laughs> He's not. And people love to go off, oh, but he went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, he wrote it. The, the 49ers wrote his hot hand all the way to the Super Bowl. Stunk. The year after, awful. year after that, he got blunched for being, Blaine Gabbert. People forget he got benched for him. Like, I don't get, like, and Blaine Gabbert is awful. Colin Kaepernick is not a good quarterback. That's the ultimate reason why he wasn't in the NFL. Could he have been a backup? Yeah. But, but no, I don't think he wanted to be. I really don't think he wanted he, to. He I didn't. Think, I think that if teams really wanted him, see, like that's what used to that comes to kind of piss me off. Remember the time when um, Richard Sherman was like lambasting all the uh, teams that needed quarterbacks, including the Jets, because they didn't want to sign Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. And then Seattle had two opportunities to sign Colin Kaepernick, and they gave that horse crap excuse like, "Oh, well, we, you know, he should be a starter. That's why we didn't sign him." No, you didn't sign him because you didn't want to deal with the drama. Exactly, and the drama's not worth it when you have a quarterback on the team. Look, the J- is Colin Kaepernick better than Josh McCown? At possibly, it's possible, but to bring Colin Kaepernick into a locker room like the Jets, it would have been real pointless because then the talks wouldn't have been about you know Robbie Anderson, Sam Darnold, uh, the new uh, uh, Todd Bowles on the hot seat or anything like that. It would have all been around. Colin Kaepernick, which would have been not good for the locker room, and it would have not been good to any locker room to have so much attention on a, a genuine backup quarterback. This dude could not have started in this league. He stinks. He's not a good quarterback. Yeah, He could have been a backup. 100% agreed. But I don't think he wanted to be one. He I didn't, really don't no. think he wanted to be one. He, I think got, he, he got offers. Yeah, He had offers from the Broncos and I think the Ravens. I think. I'm not sure. But definitely the Broncos, and he turned it down. He turned down the, the Broncos' offer. But I think it's just gotten to the point where this is a done deal now. Mm-hmm. I don't want to listen to Colin Kaepernick anymore. I don't really care. I was done listening to Col- you know, about Colin Kaepernick stuff years ago. And I it's don't need not- to hear about Jay-Z anymore complaining that Kaepernick doesn't have a job. I don't need to hear about you know anything else now with Colin Kaepernick. As far as we're concerned, this case is settled. Mm-hmm. Okay? Even long after Colin Kaepernick, there will still be racial, you know, racial issues all, you know, in the United States or any other country. There will always be, you know, racial profiling, unfortunately. It's a sad fact of life, but it's the truth. It it's is. It's the truth. It really is. It's a, it is a sad part of life, but there's there'll always be that, you know. And um, you know, but the thing is at this point, it just seems to me like when you when you invest that kind of time into a collusion lawsuit, okay? You're sending a message. 
you're basically saying these old white guys totally blackballed me out of the league. Mm-hmm. Which and t- all you need to see, I don't mean to cut you off. The only thing you need to see to prove Kaepernick's case is the the number of quarterbacks that got signed except for him. Yeah. Guys like Brandon Whedon. Guys like Austin Davis. Brock Osweiler. Brock Osweiler. Now, I'm not saying that. I don't know if Kaepernick is better than those guys. I really don't because I've seen Kaepernick play, and while he does show some flashes, at the same time, he's a very inaccurate quarterback. He's he's just not a good quarterback. And someone asked me the other day. They were like, can Colin Kaepernick play in the NFL right now? And I was like, absolutely not. He cannot play in the NFL right now because you know why? He hasn't played in, what, three, four years? That takes take. that. That's a lot on a player, and look, he can be in shape all he wants. You not playing the NFL for four years, you're out. You're done on it, and you were you were already a below average quarterback at best at that point. You four years out of the league, you think you're going to be any better? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I played football. I played sport. Look, I never played on the level of the NFL, and I played a year of college. But I know what it's like, though. I know what it's like when you take a year off and stuff like that. It's it's nearly impossible to try and get back in. It's very hard. And the reason Colin Kaepernick wasn't signed was because, like I said, like I said five minutes ago, this dude was not a good quarterback, and it was not worth well, the drama for to bring him in as a backup quarterback. Could he have been a backup on a team? Absolutely. I 100% agree he should have been in the NFL. He would have been a major distraction. As my, yes, you know. and that's why teams didn't take him. It, they didn't blackball him because... But he wanted. But the thing was, like he wanted to be a starter, and I think that was more of his ego getting the better of him. I think if he really wanted to take a job as a backup, somebody would have given him a job as a backup. Yeah. Okay? But no one the was fa- going to bring that drama. The fact is, it's that, and it's also the fact that basically this whoever was on his team was going to be answering questions about him every 15 minutes. Yeah, and it wasn't worth it for a backup quarterback. It's like it was like he's become just as much of a polarizing quarterback as Tebow. Yeah. When Tebow came into the league, everybody went crazy. It was like, oh, Jesus has got drafted by the Denver Broncos. Literally. And the fact is, is when he came to the Jets, that was more of like a flashy move by Tannenbaum. That was the only thing that was just killed me about Tannenbaum. It was an unnecessary move. He did the sell jerseys. Yeah, but it was an unnecessary move. It was a move just to keep. And if I remember correctly, wasn't that the didn't the Giants win the Super Bowl the year before when they signed Tebow? Jets? No idea. Not the top. Of my head. I can't remember when they went out and acquired Tebow, but it was amazing how, like, it it, it just he w- it was just for all the wrong reasons. I guess is my point. It was just a, it was just a put. He had no idea how seats. to use him. Rex had no idea how to use him. Sperano was the was the coordinator. Oh. He didn't know how to use him. 2012. So yeah, the year after. The, it was the year after the Giants won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay. The fact is, though, is that Colin Kaepernick, in many ways, has become just as much of a polarizing quarterback as Tim Tebow. Mm-hmm. The minute you sign the guy to a contract, the flood of reporters come in. The flood of you know questions about Colin Kaepernick go to all the players to the point where it's frustrating to. The, it's almost like the game. The opponent has now officially become second fiddle. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares. Like, I'll, I'll just hypothetical. Let's say Colin Kaepernick got signed by the Arizona Cardinals. Hypothetically. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not saying, well, 
and the Arizona Cardinals have a big game coming up against the Seahawks. I can guarantee you nobody will give a rat's ass about that game. Mm-hmm. They will only want to ask about Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, they will. Oh, how did he look today? How was he? Was he, you know, uh, did, were there any problems? I mean, did they, did they get any threats and all that stuff? And then you get to game day. You would literally have to triple the security around the stadium. Yeah. Because you're going to have people calling him bomb threats, people trying, you know, protesting everywhere around the stadium, maybe even inside the stadium. You have – it's not a normal possibility. Some crazy, you know, crazy person can – Yeah, who knows? Get in it the, to get, in I this mean, day I don't even want age, to think about it, but that's that's the sad reality here. In the, Yeah, in this day and age, you really don't know what could happen. Especially, look, we don't we don't disagree with what Colin Kaepernick did. No, I. if anything, I respect him more than anything. Yeah, exactly. We're not bashing Colin Kaepernick, but the reason he then the we're just we're just stating the facts that why he wasn't signed. It was because A, he wasn't a good quarterback. B, there's too much drama in the locker room. C, it was just too much drama in general. And it, it wasn't worth it for this dude who was gonna be a backup quarterback. You can't convince me he was gonna be a starter on any team in this league. I don't care who I don't care who was the starting quarterback this year. You can't convince me he was he was good enough to be a starter because he's not. He stinks. I mean the coaches I mean the coaches will be distracted because they'll be ask, answering questions every five minutes. The players will be distracted. Yeah. It was the same thing with like with Tebow. You yeah. know, Tebow runs outside with no shirt on in the rain and everybody's filming it. I yeah. mean that's it, where it just got out of control. And yeah. it was just you know, you're wasting, like you said, you're wasting valuable time on a quarterback that's not that good. Yeah, and look, and say he did get signed by, you know, the Cardinals or the Jets or the Giants. As a matter of fact, if he got signed to the Giants, they wouldn't be talking about, you know, Saquon. Ooh, Saquon Barkley is going to be the next Barry Sanders. They wouldn't talk about is Odell really taking a uh, turnover to New Leaf. They'd be all be talking about Colin Kaepernick, and it's not a, it's not good to have in your locker room with such young players like that. It's not. It's not, and especially for a back, a guy who's going to be your backup quarterback. It's not worth it. That's why he was never signed to a team. But like I said at the end of the day with the NFL, the fact is is that if you're settling this case, mm-hmm. because for a while you thought you did nothing wrong. You thought you did absolutely nothing wrong. That's why you, I took Everybody this thought this was delusional, like Kaepernick was just grasping at straws. Nobody gave him much of a chance to win this case. Nobody gave him a chance to win this case. And then the NFL settled. Do you know what they sold for? How much? I don't know. They didn't really say, but at the end of the day, the NFL now looks guilty. It well, looks yeah. like it looks like if you didn't know any better, these owners were definitely trying to figure out a way to not, you know, they probably all huddled together and didn't want anything to do with the drama of Colin Kaepernick. Now let's call it what it is too. Colin Kaepernick brought that upon himself. He made a decision that was risky. And he knew it was risky. Mm-hmm. But I respect him very much for that. Yeah, absolutely. Because he grew a set of, he had a set of balls. Yeah. He okay. was like, No, I'm taking this knee. I'm not gonna take And everybody your- says the same thing. Everybody says the same thing. You know, again, you know, if there's one thing I hate lately in this world, everybody thinks they're friggin' Joe Politics. <laughs> everybody. Everybody thinks they're Joe Politics just because he put a friggin' picture on Facebook with a doctored video or something like that. Okay? It's unbelievable how now all of a sudden everybody knows everything about politics, okay? Or everybody knows everything about the military and all that stuff, and you know nothing. You know nothing. You know why? Because I know nothing about politics. 
I know our president is an idiot. But I will always respect and love my friends who voted for him. I will never alienate anybody. I will never, never think less of anybody. But people were getting on Kaepernick because when he kneeled, to, he kneeled, oh, it was a slap in the face of the military. That's not true. The fact is, is that what was more, what was more a slap in the face in the military is when he was sitting down for the national anthem, not when he was kneeling. And there were a lot of stories that came out about Kaepernick talking to, talking to guys in the military. And out of respect to them, that's what he did. But everybody knows everything, Clem. Everybody. And I saw it today. I like how you just call everyone Joe Politics. Like <laughs> it's it's insane. It, no, like, you're absolutely right though. It's funny. It's I why I, it's why I don't get into politics. Like I hate it. Like today. I hate it. I can't. I'll give you a perfect example. I have a friend who posted a video of a woman whose I think it was either son or daughter was was you know horrifically murdered by an illegal immigrant, mm-hmm. at least according to this whole thing. And they had her outside, and she was trying to chase Democrats down. And the Democrats, I guess these two Democrats, I, I couldn't tell who they were, like kind of blew her off. Mm-hmm. Like they were just like, oh, you know, I'm sorry, whatever. But they had to keep going. Okay. And this person is a big Trump supporter. So, of course, it's like the, oh, why don't we get justice for this woman? And that's the crap that pisses me off. Listen, I'm not saying that I'm not belittling what happened to this woman's daughter. It is horrible. It is horrible. Okay. But it's like I can easily play the argument of where the hell were you people when somebody was gunning down 18 kids in Parkland school or whatever school shooting there was. But nobody wants to talk about that, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to talk about gun violence, how much it spiked over the years, how much it spiked this year. But nobody wants justice. Do people want justice for that person or are we – you know? We, we, could, we could split hairs about this all day. And this is why I just vote with my gut. I don't vote party. Mm-hmm. If I think you present the better option, I'm going to vote for you. Yeah. If I think that the Democrats present the better option, I'm going to vote for you. I don't, I don't take sides. Yeah. And I, 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 think, I think you said it past, too. Everyone thinks that Johnny politics. And that's why, like, when I listen to sports no, radio it's, now. It's Joe politics. Joe politics. You gotta, sorry. You got to say it right, man. Joe politics. And that's when I listen to sports radio and guys, and look, no offense to Stephen A. Smith and Peter Rosenberg and guys like that, but when they start talking about politics on sports radio, I turn it off. Turn it off. I hate it. I really don't like talking about it. But sport. people think they know what they're talking about. Exactly. When they really have no idea. And the people who are all of a sudden so pro-Trump these days, those guys, first of all, the Trump supporters, like the main ones, they're, they're gone. Like they've, they've completely drank the Kool-Aid. They, you cannot tell them anything, so there's no point. And I wouldn't even try to change anybody's mind. Look, at the end of the day, if you support Trump, God bless you. I don't think any less of you. Clem, you said you're a Trump supporter. Mm-hmm. You're still on my show, right? Did I kick you off my show? Well, after calling myself the people's producer, you're kicking me off. So, I mean. Yeah, I mean, dude, I mean, <laughs> think about it. I actually almost kicked you off for that than of you being a Trump supporter. Meanwhile, I think he's a douchebag. But that's, that's fine. 
I respect your opinion. Mm-hmm. I respect other people's opinions. I am not a liberal. I am not a Republican or a Democrat. I just vote with my gut. That's how I've always been, and that's how I'll stay. But the funny thing is, is like, again, when Colin Kaepernick was doing this, everybody thought that it was a slap in the face of the military. That was the first card they played. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a slap in the face of the military. Which I, I could. When did everybody all of a sudden become so freaking patriotic, too? <laughs> Because I don't remember that at all. Like, the military, I will always be in debt to the men, to the military for protecting us on a, on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. The Army, the Navy, the Air Force. Marines. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. I will always be in debt to them for what they put on, what they do for us every day. We'll never forget it. I clap whenever they have a military guy at the like when you go to sporting events and they they single out like a like the military like yeah. I always clap for them because they've seen some stuff that we'll never see yeah that we don't want to see. But that being said, I just wish people would stop pretending like they know everything about everything about politics. You don't because you don't you don't. The only people who know about politics are the people in politics. And I don't even know about that, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. All right. Like, I mean, that's that could be a bit of a stretch. But it's like just because you post a picture of Ocasio-Cortez and you have a stupid comment doesn't mean you know anything about politics. And just because you see Colin Kaepernick kneeling on the sideline during the national anthem does not mean you know anything about the military. Because it's just ridiculous. And like I said, do you see what Colin Kaepernick does, though? Peaceful protest. Yeah. Just kneels. Doesn't start anything. Doesn't wear, you know, offensive, like, you know, like, offensive, like, Black Panther, like, shirts. So not from the movie. I'm talking about the, the yeah, movie. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> right? I'm just saying that, like, he respected the military enough to know that he shouldn't be sitting. He should be kneeling. Now that being said, this is a dead issue. It's done. done. It's over. No more Colin Kaepernick. I don't want to hear about it anymore. Don't even waste your time. Because now if I hear about it anymore. And the thing is, look, if players want to continue, fine. But I'm going to say this right now. The protest means nothing. Yeah. I think at this stage in the game, it means absolutely nothing. He settled. He's getting his money. Now it means nothing. It can still mean something to the players and the community, but... But remember what we always... This is what we always forget. The players only really started protesting after Trump called them SOBs. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Then all of a sudden, everybody was like locking arms and, you know, whatever. Colin Kaepernick's protest got kind of lost in the shuffle. You know what it was? It's like you said. Colin Kaepernick did a peaceful thing. It's what people outside of the outside of the football world took it as, and that's when it escalated to something bigger than what it uh, – not bigger than what it is, but like took it to a whole nother level that I don't think Colin Kaepernick thought it would get to. No, I don't think so either. I, I agree with you there. Yeah. I think that I think that he wasn't aware that how big it was going to get. Yeah, like he did his protest, which was fine. You have every right to protest. But what it turned into, I don't think is what he expected it to be. Like, I don't think he expected it to be this whole national phenomenon 
that it's we were on what four years now. Mm-hmm. Four is going to be on for four years. Like I don't think this is going to happen. I don't think he thought he was going to be in a lawsuit with the NFL. But the other thing too is when you think about it. Okay, he made that decision. Mm-hmm. He took the risk. He mm-hmm. knew what the ramifications were. Mm-hmm. He knew that this could really end up very badly for him. Yeah, but he stuck to his gut. Just perfect. And for that, Just I will fine. always have his. He will always have my respect. Look, I have. I thought it was at first. You know, the, at first I thought it was like you said, slap in the face. I was Joe politics. I thought it was like, what the hell is he doing? Why are you taking a knee during the anthem? Not right. The more I got in, the more I got to it, and I was just like, you know what? It's like he has every. He does have every right to protest. Personally, I don't think he should have done it on the national stage, but that's what he did it. He got. That's how he got the attention, and he did stick to it. You're absolutely right. But you know what, though, I actually think he did the right thing by doing that. Oh no, absolutely. Because if he, if he doesn't do it on the national stage, then no mm-hmm. one will care. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, and I get that too. I think about it. We're still talking about it today. Four mainly, years later, mainly because of this. For the four years after the fact, yeah. we're still we're still talking about it. But guess what? We're done. After this, we're we are done. officially done. In fact, we're done Ooh. right now. Good. Because it's time to move on to the other part of our elephant in the room before we go to break, and that is the NBA All Star Saturday. I, can't, I, can't. Um, I hate I hate All Star games. I really do. I've always hated All Star games. I think they're a complete waste of time. And I know that it's like, oh well, okay. Think about it like this: Why do you have to play an All Star game? You don't. You know what? The baseball had it right. You play for you're playing for something. You're playing for that home field. Because like nobody cares. These guys don't care. No one cares. No. But the thing is, is like, why can't you just have an like a, like the way they do the AP All Star team? Why can't you just do that? Yeah. Just name the All Star: first All Star, second All Star. Like I like these little side games, like Give the them. skills competition, the dunk contest, three point. Yeah, do that. But but they they're also stale, and the reason why they're stale is because none of the big superstars do them anymore. Like back then when it was Jordan against Dominique, yeah, you were glued to your TV watching that. Or oh, when Spud Webb was was in it. I mean, Vince Carter, you know. Half everyone. the guy. Who's in the dunk contest this year? Because I don't even know. It's uh, Dennis Smith Jr., uh, Joe Col- uh, John Collison. Um, oh, I can't remember the other names. So, in other words, there's nobody I care about. No one you care about except for Dennis Smith Jr. Well, I don't <laughs> care about Dennis Smith Jr. He's on the next. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, LeBron is not in it. No. LeBron always said he was going to be in it. That lying. You know, LeBron is not in it. Uh, who else is a big, you know, give me another guy. That uh, Zach Levine, not doing it. Okay. Big dunker. Well, he, made, he made his name in the dunk contest. But again, there's nobody interesting. There's nobody to catch. Even the three-point contest. If you've watched All-Star Saturday, you can hear a pin drop in the arena during the, like, the three-point contest. Well, the, three, the three-point contest got, it has some serviceable names, like some actual three-point shooters. Joe Harris is in it. Joe Harris I'll be is pulling, in it. I'll be pulling for Joe Harris. Oh, same. Buddy Yield's in it. Uh, you have S- Seth and Steph Curry. All right, so Steph. Okay, fine, that's good. But I'm saying, like, I just feel like they're like last year when they did. I think Clay was in it last year, and like, you could barely hear. Like, nobody was really that into it. It didn't seem like people really cared. Yeah, the dunk contest is Dennis Smith Jr., Miles I, Miles Bridges, Hamido Diallo, and John Collins. I used to like nothing turns the needle for me there. Yeah. I used to like um, – they used to have a game where they used to do it with like the – if it was like Houston, it would be like two guys on the Rockets. It would be like a Rockets player, a veteran, mm-hmm. and then like a WNBA, and they would do like knockout. I remember that. They'd do like the half-court shot, and like sometimes they'd make it like right away. I remember that. You know, I, I actually thought it was kind of interesting. You know, oh. but I don't think they do that anymore. They just do like skills competition because Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie's not in it this year because he's hurt. But um, 
to me, I just don't really get into it. It's just not interesting to me. I think these All-Star Saturdays are just not fun. I think All-Star games in general are just very boring. They're just not interesting because the players don't really put forth the effort. No, There's nothing to play for in a lot of these games to me. I mean, yeah, it's I can understand if you are excited to be in it and be selected. Think about the Pro Bowl. Think about how, how many people drop out of the Pro Bowl. Yeah. You know? But the charade will go on tomorrow, and then that's it. Like, oh, look, the the three-point contest seems like the only interesting thing to me, honestly. You got Devin Booker, Seth and Steph Curry, Danny Green, Joe Harris, Buddy Yale, Damian Lillard, Chris Middleton, Kemba Walker, and Dirk. It's a solid lineup. I like that's all. a solid lineup. That's solid. But the, the the dunk contest, it's not. You're not turning heads. You're not turning heads with the dunk contest. Hamadou Diallo really yeah. is in it. And then, oh my god! This is... Like, give me the names. Give me the guys who I know can show out. Like, give me uh, Ben Simmons. Give me, uh, give me Zach Levine again. Zach Levine put Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon put on one of the best dunk contests of all time. And we're not we're not seeing them. I mean, damn! Give me Dwight Howard. Give me, give me Dwight Howard. Give me Nate Robinson again. Dwight Howard put the sticker on the backboard that year. That was hilarious. Like when he put the sticker of himself. Mm-hmm. That was good. It, that was actually really good. No, the year when Nate Robinson dunked over him. That was something. Yeah, that was really good. That was good. All right, Clem, let's take five on the Moffat on the Mic radio show on this Friday evening. The number to call again is 631-676-2968. That is 631-676-2968. You know what? Let's take two. Okay. All right, because we still got a lot more to do before we, we close out. We still got to do uh, – we have a few other topics to talk about, and we got to do Elimination Chamber results, and we have the Urban Dictionary Word of the Week as it is Friday. Yeah, so I, didn't, I didn't update that drop yet, so we still got the weird drop. That's – well, then don't play it. Oh, I'm playing it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But uh, so what we're going to do is we'll take a quick break, and we got a lot more to do right here on the Moffat on the Mic Radio Show. You are listening to us only on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We'll be back in about two minutes. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, 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 you're listening to Moffat on the Mic on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to the Moffat on the Mic radio show, I think. <laughs> Only on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. The number to call is always a 631-676-2968. That is 631-676-2968. As always, you can follow the show on Instagram at Moffat on the Mic, Twitter at Moffat on the Mic, and our Facebook page as well. Clem, you told me something that was a little disturbing in, before in the first break, that you got really excited because your brother got you White Castle. Damn straight. You can't eat that crap this late in the night. You know that. I am starving. All gonna, I had was scones today. You're going to be in the can, dude. I I don't care. I got to eat something. And White Castle is calling my name when I get home. And we mentioned it a couple don't, weeks ago. Don't call them belly bombers for nothing, bro. <laughs> I'll say I just we'll, can't wait. I'll I'm put gonna, a hole in your, you know, that's it. I got to be up late anyway, so might as well. What, what, what does he get you? Just burgers? He, apparently, my mom, this is the exact text my mom sent me. She said, Jamie brought home plenty of White Castles, a suitcase full. Oh, I got the Crave cat, the Crave case. So uh, I, I'm eating good tonight when I get home. <laughs> I remember buying that for my boss. I bought a boss, my boss a gift card to White Castle because he loves sliders. And we used to work. We used to have a White Castle right by us. So 
we were walking to a restaurant because he used to take us out to lunch sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I see a guy like literally come out of the like there's a cab waiting in front of uh, White Castle, and this dude comes out with like a crave case. He looked like he robbed the place because like, he just like <laughs> runs into the cab and the cab takes off like and stuff. So that one year we were trying to figure out what to get him for Christmas because mm-hmm. we used to kind of exchange gifts. And I said to my friends, I'm like, we got to get him a gift card to White Castle. I'm like, it <laughs> makes perfect sense. And like, we all chipped in. I think we got him like a $50 gift card or something like that, which is like, you could buy like 100 burgers for that kind oh, yeah. of, for that money. And um, no chicken rings, though, of course. <laughs> right? And uh, he thought it was like the funniest gift ever, you know? Like, it, But it was just like, it was something different because he's so used to getting like so much like, you know, like a shirt and a tie and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And we got him sliders, basically. There was one time we had an employee lunch. Like uh, we used to, my hotel would do an employee lunch where they would, you know, depending on if it was your anniversary or your birthday, they would celebrate it by having like, you know, catered, you know, they they would cook for you. And they would invite a lot of the non-union people to come up and have lunch. So there was one year they had sliders. And my boss was like, so like, he's like, he goes, dude, go get some sliders, man. Like, because we used to talk about White Castle all the time and like, and our, you know, the, so, like, I see it, and it's like, sure as hell, man. The little, oh, my God. I must have eaten, like, ten of them. They used to do that when I was in high school. They used to do, like, fundraisers. Like, clubs used to do fundraisers. And well, I forgot what club it was. But they got the Crave case yeah. from White Castle, and they sold the burgers for a dollar. I was, you, sure as hell, I was there every time they had that fundraiser. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Clem, let's go outside the Tri-State area with these five topics. Um, we got about 40 minutes left in the show, so let's try to, we'll try to go through these as quickly as we can. Um, number one, the Pelicans fired GM Dell Demps today due to the drama surrounding Anthony uh, Anthony Davis, who, of course, has still told the team he has no intention of signing with the Pelicans uh, for a long-term extension. Um, yeah, okay. I mean, I, 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 I don't think it's going to do anything to keep Anthony Davis here. Yeah. But it's obvious he wasn't a really good GM, and I think if he really had the chance to trade Anthony Davis, he would have done it already. Yeah, so I think you're right. Yeah. While I think he was okay with playing a little hardball and that we don't need to trade him right away, this is something that the drama has to go away quickly. Mm-hmm. And when it doesn't go away quickly, it just festers around the team because the team is going to give up because basically they know that Anthony Davis is not going to be there. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to play for. So the GM is definitely at fault because he probably should have tried to make a deal, tried to maybe close that deal with the Lakers. And then if the Pelicans want to flip Lonzo Ball to another team, that's fine. You know? Yeah. But the Lakers were willing to give up a lot. And I think you should have taken it. Now, you could wait for the Celtics in the offseason in the summertime, and, you know, that's perfectly within your prerogative. But he's already hinted he doesn't want to play for the Celtics, so why would that even be an option at this point? If he wants to go to the Lakers, and that's what the NBA is now, it's a player-run league. Everyone knows that. Players are going to pick where they go. It's just like what we talked about the other day with Major League Baseball. How, like, you know, if I was the GM of the Kansas City Royals and I offered Bryce Harper $325 million, Bryce Harper's not coming to Kansas City. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Yeah. No matter what. But it's the same thing. If I were to offer Jimmy Butler a max deal with the Atlanta Hawks, you think he's going to take his things going to come to Atlanta? No. No. He's going to wait for a very good team to reach out to him and make an offer. That's what he's going to do. I think the Pelicans would have been smart to just just deal Anthony Davis right now. Save yourself the drama. You wind up you'll probably wind up getting a pretty good package with Kyle Kuzma and Brandon Ingram. Mm-hmm. 
and whoever else, Lance well, Stevenson, Rajon Rondo. Well, I mean, if that was the deal that we heard that was on the table, the Pel- I feel like the Pelicans should have done that deal in a heartbeat. I think the Pelicans were playing with fire because they probably thought, well, the Lakers desperately want Anthony Davis, so let's give him this. You know, and they could have easily inadvertently knocked the Lakers out of the playoffs mm-hmm. this year. I think that was a trade that you should have made right off the bat, so that way you don't have to worry about the drama later and you don't have to deal with it. Okay. Number two, the Steelers in their ever ridiculous Le'Veon Bell drama have now decided they're considering placing the transition tag on him when he be, before he becomes a free agent in March. Basically what that means is, is that if, they, if a team like the Jets offer him a contract, the Steelers can match it. The whole purpose of this is for the Steelers to try to trade Le'Veon Bell to try to get a draft pick out of it, mm-hmm. which I think you're completely wasting your time. He's not coming back. He's, he's not coming back. You don't want him back. Why would you put yourself through this drama? Why? If these teams know that all I have to do is break the bank for the guy, why would they give you a draft pick or picks? Sometimes I think GMs outsmart themselves on these teams. Mm-hmm. It's like, look, Le'Veon Bell chose to sit out the entire season instead of play for you because he didn't want to be franchise tagged. Do you really think it makes any sense whatsoever to place a transition tag on him? And now you know what that is, man? That's just Pittsburgh being a dick. That's what it is. That's all it is, and everybody knows it. They don't want to let him go for nothing. They want to basically just, instead of just closing this chapter in the team's history with Le'Veon Bell, they are going to drag this out further just because they can. Yeah. And that's it. And that is a problem with teams like the Pittsburgh Steelers. They just don't know how to let it go. It's been swell. We have James Conner. You can go now. And that's it. Instead, you're going to try to get something that you know you're not going to get. So what are you wasting your time for? Why are you going to waste your time with the transition tag on this guy? The guy doesn't want to play for you. You don't want him back. What, what, I just don't get the point. And I'm so tired of teams doing this, too. Teams just like totally do this crap to just bother me. It's like the Eagles with Nick Foles. Why are you going to franchise Nick Foles? <laughs> Is Nick Foles even worth the franchise tag? I know he won a Super Bowl. But overall, he's not a great he's not a great quarterback. No, he's not. He's look he's average. He's average. But you you took you took him back just for the sole fact that if Carson Wentz gets hurt again, you have him back. Or you know people are gonna be calling up your phone and be like, What do you want for Nick Foles? What do you want for Nick Foles? And apparently the Broncos were already number one on that list as they called the they called the Eagles before they made the trade with for Joe Flacco. They called the Eagles and were interested in Nick Foles before they were interested in Flacco. So they're playing. The Eagles are playing smart. But like I said, why waste your time? Why waste your time? Just let Nick Foles go. Let him sign with another team. You either it's either Nick Foles or Carson Wentz. And if Carson Wentz is your guy, don't waste your time trying to trade Nick Foles. It's not worth it. It's not. Same thing with the Steelers and Le'Veon Bell. Just let him go. Okay. You have his replacement already. There's no point in trying to keep this guy for the sole purpose of getting a couple of draft picks back. Number three, the AAF starts week two tomorrow. 
They have report. They had reportedly reached out to Kaepernick and Tim Tebow about joining. Steve Spurrier reached out to Tebow. Kaepernick wanted twenty million dollars. <laughs> okay, to go to the AAF. Yeah. Okay. I'll leave it at this. Tebow decided he didn't want. Tebow wanted to focus on playing baseball. He pretty much outright said no. He didn't have any ridiculous contract demands. He just wants. He wanted to play baseball. And then you wonder why people don't want anything to do with Colin Kaepernick. This league, this league doesn't even pay anybody a million dollars. You want twenty million dollars to go to a team? Are you kidding me? That's a case of you thinking you're bigger than what you are, and you're not. You are taking advantage. You are trying to take advantage. You are basically trying to maybe extort a startup football league just for your name. Now, if I was a guy like Colin Kaepernick and I wanted to play football in the NFL, it would make perfect sense for me to go to this league. It would make perfect sense for me to go to the XFL. Or the CFL. Perfect sense. Because I need to show NFL teams that I can play. Instead, you've gotten bigger than your britches. And you're demanding money from a league that can't even afford it. I mean, I guess if I was Colin Kaepernick, I'd be trying to figure out a way. I'm I'm not saying repair your image. But I'm saying if I want to be an NFL quarterback in this league, then I need to start somewhere again. So it makes sense to go to the AAF. Exactly. And I, like I said before, you're out the league for four years, takes a toll on your skill. But And the AAF would have been perfect to get – if you really are well, – I want to get back in the league, mm-hmm. the, the AAF would have been a perfect – is a perfect opportunity to showcase if you could still do it. But again, though, these guys, it's like they don't, you know, people like him just don't get it. Then I start to think, is he really taking this seriously? Is he really taking his football career seriously? Or is he pretty much knowing that, well, I could just make money protesting and, or make money from Nike doing absolutely nothing? Because he's doing absolutely nothing, and he's making like $20 million off Nike. I just think that if you're a guy that is trying to repair his football image, to repair his football career and show NFL teams that you mean business when it comes to playing football, taking a chance in the AAF would not have hurt you. Exactly. And that only proves to me about Colin Kaepernick that he doesn't give a crap about playing football anymore. He does not give a crap about playing football. Hope you save it because $20 million is going to go pretty fast. Especially with the way athletes spend money. But this could have been a golden opportunity not only for him, but to make this league watchable. People would have tuned in, Clem. I know. People would have loved to see Colin Kaepernick back in a uniform, back on the field, and back running and slinging the ball. But no, we're not getting that now because you had to say $20 million in a league where people are barely getting paid $2 million. Clem, they're making $200,000. And that's over oh, a 200, season. That's even worse then. <laughs> I thought they were. I, I gave, there's nobody making a million dollars in that league. I, don't so I, gave, I gave him more praise then. That, like, that was awful. That's, like, I don't know who Colin Kaepernick think he, thinks he is by requesting $20 million. 
but because he on, thinks man. he's the biggest name in the league and he thinks the league needs him. And in a way, they kind of do, but not for twenty million dollars. This league I mean, will honestly, if this league, like, and we've said it in the past, if this league does the right things, it'll survive without Colin Kaepernick. But Doesn't, I'm saying he could have easily just been like, "I want to play football again. This gives me an opportunity to play football again." And instead, he's just using it as like a springboard. Like, he's not taking it seriously, pretty much, at this point. He's not taking it seriously. He's not taking his football career seriously by demanding that kind of money to go to a, to a small market federation. And we'll see a league. And we'll see what this, how this league does tomorrow because while they did well their first week, it's tough to say how good they're going to be in their second week. That's mm-hmm. when the ratings could easily dip. Yeah, because that's the same thing that happened with the XFL from what mm-hmm. I read. You know, it did great the first week. After that week. the bet after that. <laughs> Went declined real hard. Number four, Bengals head coach Zach Taylor is having a hard time finding the defensive coordinator for his team. Apparently, the latest name to turn him down was Todd Grantham, who was the University of Florida defensive coordinator. He chose to stay at Florida. Uh, other guys that turned him down include Dom Capers. Uh, Vance Joseph went to Arizona because the Bengals didn't have a coach yet. They tried to recruit Dennis Allen as a defensive coordinator. He decided to stay in New Orleans. Jack Del Rio turned him down. And then, of course, the Bengals, the latest guy they wanted to talk to was Saints secondary coach Aaron Glenn, former Jet. Mm-hmm. And New Orleans said no. Jeez. So right now, the guy has no defensive coordinator as of today. It's not good. Really not good. Head coach, you're supposed to be the next big guy. You're My guess is just, guy. But think about it, right? So now he may have to pluck somebody from the Rams, right? Yeah. Shows you what, shows you what he thinks of them. The fact is, is that... <laughs> The funny thing about it is, is that he basically, these guys are going to be like their sixth and seventh choice. They weren't even his first choice. It's not good. How would that, how would that make you feel if you were like the seventh or eighth choice to be the defensive coordinator of the Cincinnati Bengals? Well, that's like the um, Frank Reich, He's the head coach for the Colts. Clearly their second choice. Oh, yeah, because they wanted McDaniels. Yeah, they wanted McDaniels. But, I mean, look, he proved a lot of people wrong. Maybe that's what the, whoever he brings in. Maybe that's what they they can prove to Zach Taylor and prove to everyone in the league that you know what this dude can uh can be yeah. a good coach. <laughs> Isn't that pretty sad though, man? Like you just got there and now nobody wants to be your DC, and you kind of need that. <laughs> you definitely need that. <laughs> but I wonder if it's just him, or they just have no belief in him to be as a head coach. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be affiliated with the guy because he's young, he's raw. They don't really know what to make of him. Yeah. It's tough. Or it could have been a simple case of maybe, you know, he got hired late, so a lot of the coaches that are out there are already taken, which could easily be an argu- a possibility as well. Mm-hmm. And finally, number five, the NFL has disinvited Jalen Ferguson from the, from the uh, NFL, from the Combine. Um, they're citing an arrestee when he was 18 years old. And uh, I think it was, like a mis- it was like a misdemeanor or something like that. And he was fined like $180 or something like that. Yeah, apparently it was a fight he got into while at Mickey D's. Well, I've <laughs> seen enough brawls to take place at Mickey D's, you know, when you don't. I mean, this is just, there's no reason to do that. Well, here's the thing. Here's the caveat, though. Louisiana Tech, no issues in four years. Never got arrested. Yeah. Never got suspended. The NFL has a weird way of doing this, man. Look, I can understand if in college the guy got in trouble and he was a troublemaker in college. But this guy kind of kept his nose clean for four years at Louisiana Tech. 
and you're citing a case when he was 18 years old. Listen, he was dumb that day. But it sounds like he made up for it. It sounds like that he's kind of turned over a new leaf. And you're going to piss on the guy for it. Now, listen, this doesn't really bear, have any bearing on his draft status. It has no bearing on his draft you know, position. Because he'll have multiple pro days to go and, and prove to everybody that he can play. And everyone knows he can play. They've seen the video. They've seen the film. I hope this guy proves those, proves those idiots wrong. So do I. Because, again, like, you see what I mean, though? It's, like, very nitpicky, this whole thing. I can understand the thing with Reuben Foster. But it's like, this guy made a mistake when he was 18 years old. Ever since then, he's been pretty clean. No drama, no nothing. And you're going to piss on the poor guy because of it. Now he's not allowed to go to the combine. I don't think it means anything. Getting disinvited from the combine may seem like a big deal, but it's not. Because these guys have multiple pro days to show off their stuff. And I'd rather have the private workout Mm -hmm. than have the full workout. Where I could see the guy myself and work him out privately and talk to him privately. But just ask him what, what happened. Just ask him, just say, hey, you know, what's the deal? Why did you get... Why were you arrested when you were 18? What happened in that fight? You know, have you learned your lesson? These are simple questions you could ask the guy. It's not that hard. But like I said, at the end of the day, I don't think it's going to really do anything. I don't think it means anything. I think it's just going to be him basically, you know, he's not going to attend the combine, but I don't think it kills his draft status unless something we know something they don't or they know something we don't. Yeah, I mean, that's really it. I mean, look, this guy, yeah, this guy has been on a clean slate for four years. He got into a fight when he was 18 years old. Really? I get it's a rule in the NFL, but come on. Really? But it's very nitpicky now, and I don't know if it's a character issue. I don't know what it is with the NFL, but they got to stop. It's just like it's out of control. You know, like they just got to stop. Yeah. It's, it's, it really is crazy. They got to stop, nit- like you said, nitpicking at the smallest of things that happened Four years ago when the kid was 18, barely in college. Not even in college. I think it happened before he was in college. All right, Clem, let's pull up the Elimination Chamber. It's coming up this Sunday night. Um, we're going to go over the card real quickly. We're going to make some make some predictions. I can predict right now that there will not be any title changes except for the women's title being announced. Really? I don't expect any. And the thing is, you know me, man. I love my girl Ruby Riot. <laughs> She's not being Ronda. But she's not being Ronda Rousey. We know that. Okay, so let's get into these predictions then. So you could scrap the Rousey match. We already know who won, who's going to win that. All right, so we'll start with the pre-show match with Buddy Murphy versus Akira Tozawa. Buddy Murphy. Oh, easily Buddy they really like him. They really like him from what I'm reading, so I think he's not going anywhere. Isn't he, doesn't he date Alexa Bliss? Yes, he does. Ugh. Very lucky man. Very lucky man. You know what's uh, crazy, man? Like, we laugh sometimes at professional wrestlers and everything, and like you know, people laugh at them. And then you see who they like date, and you're like, "Holy crap, these girls are hot!" Yeah. Like when Cass was dating Carmella, Cena was was nailing Nikki Bella. Who else? Um, Roderick Strong NXT is dating Marina Shafir. That you told me. I remember you told me that. That's happening. Um, Miz who? and Marisa married. Remember when Marisa was like before she yeah. had the baby? CM Punk and AJ Lee. Yeah. Oh, God. My God. 
Dean Ambrose and Renee Young. I think it's just a case of when you're on the road for so long with the same people, it's like that's your family. Yeah. You know, that's the people that you grew up, you know, those are, that's like your inner circle. So you're going to stay within your inner circle because, yeah. like, you share the same schedule, so it makes perfect sense. Yeah. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. All right, so uh, next match we're going to do Braun Strowman versus Corbin in a no-DQ match. That'll be Braun Strowman. I'm going to take Corbin. Why? Because you look like him? <laughs> no. I'll call, call you Constable Klim. I like the people's producer better, but <laughs> actually no, we'll call you Constable Clem. We'll do K for Constable though. Oh, I don't know if I like that anymore. <laughs> but I'm gonna take Corbin just because like I don't know, right, it's if just you different. leave, just give me time to find another replacement. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just like Corbin in this match just because it's just it's different. You know, have Strowman. I can't see Corbin winning this match. I don't think I there's no way Strowman's job in losing the Corbin. Like Yeah. I understand. I can understand it. Unless yeah. like Drew McIntyre come gets involved, but I also think it's going to be in like Finn Balor or somebody's going to get involved. Too. Yeah. All right. Next so. we have Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush versus Finn Balor for the IC title mm. in a handicap match. I say no. I say I'm going to give that to Lashley and Leo Rush. I'm giving it to Balor. Do you think be- Balor's going to win the Intercontinental Title at, at uh, Elimination Chamber? Because if he loses, what what else is there for him to do? But I could see him getting a rematch at Mania and winning at Mania. Yeah, but let's not forget, there's Fastlane in between. You mean that IC title isn't going to get uh, defended at Fastlane? I, I thought Fastlane was a SmackDown, tie, a SmackDown pay-per-view. Yeah, the way everything's been going, everything's an uh, inter, inter-brand uh, pay-per-view. Um, no, I don't think Balor's going to win the IC title. at. I think it's going to be at Mania if he wins it all. I think you got to bring the Demon out at Mania. Yeah, oh my God, if he doesn't do that. you got to bring the Demon out at Mania. All right, we got – oh, so I'm taking – yeah, you're taking Bobby. I'm taking Finn. Then we got the Usos versus Mick Miz. I really want the Usos to win. I really like the Usos. See, I'm not taking the Usos anymore just because Jimmy got arrested the yeah. other day. So – But I really like – I think the Usos are one of the best – heel. I think they need to be a heel tag team again. I think they were really good as a heel but tag again, team. But, again, like with the Usos winning on on SmackDown, mm-hmm. it's – we've seen it again. We've seen it before. Well, that's why they got to shake it up again, man. They really need to do like – they need to start thinking about another superstar shakeup because it has to be done because you got to start – you got to start putting new tag teams in Raw and SmackDown. SmackDown emphasizes the tag team division more than Raw does. Raw doesn't do it enough. SmackDown – has the Usos, the New Day, the Bar. I mean, it goes on and on. But in my opinion, I mean, you have to start mixing up the tag teams again because I think the Usos would be awesome as a heel on Raw. Yeah, they would be. It's great, but like I think the I think McMiz wins this week. With, I'm praying this happens. This is what I'm praying for. McMiz wins, but Sanity does something to interfere at the end or whatever. Like that, or even Gals Anderson. So they do something at the end, and they come in, and then they win the title. Then whoever interferes wins the titles at Fastlane, and then Miz and Shane break up after that. And you can do whatever you want with the tag titles after that. I mean, I think it's a joke that they put the Miz with Shane McMahon. God, I argue. Look, I talk to my friends about this. I understand. I understand why they did it, but I'm saying that there's no need to it for it though. You already have three solid tag teams with the Bar, the Usos, and New Day. Plus, you have two other solid tag teams, Insanity and Gallows and Anderson, who are never used on SmackDown. Yeah. Like, it's crazy to think that they're even on SmackDown. Sanity's great. Gallows mm-hmm. and Anderson are great, but you force The Miz and Shane McMahon to be a tag team. It's like, come on. What are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. 
All right, then you have um, – we're not counting Ronda and Ruby because we already know who's going to win that. We'll do the uh, women's tag belts. Who you got? Sorry. Just tired. <laughs> it's one of those days. Um, I can't see Sasha and Bailey not winning these titles. As the inaugural champions, there's no one else that could do it. But if you really want to throw a curveball into this – Give them to the Iconics. I'm going to – like, see, I don't think Sasha and Bailey win it here, but I do see them winning it at Mania. You think it's going to be Mandy Rose, don't you? I think it's going to be Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Uh, I don't think they're – I know. Because then there's no point in building up the boss and hug connection if no, they don't win the title. You see, you build it up for them to win it at Mania. That's yeah, the thing. Yeah, but why, though? Then that doesn't make you any think sense. You think they have the WrestleMania moment and all that kind of baloney and all that feel-good stuff. You have them when it's like, oh, they work so hard. Who else is in the match? Uh, you got Nia and Tamina. Okay. Riot Squad featuring Liv Morgan, Sarah Logan. That's my pick. I, I wouldn't love, hate I it. Love I wouldn't hate it. I love, I love the Harley Quinn, Liv Morgan look. I think it's so awesome. I would not hate Liv Morgan, Sarah Logan winning. You got Mandy, Sonya, the Iconics, and then Bailey and Sasha. Oh, and Naomi and Carmella. It can go really either way, honestly. There's a lot of options. I'd be very, I think I'd be surprised if Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville won. I think they're going to set up Mandy Rose for a bigger feud, like a singles feud for a title. I think she's going to eventually become the women's champion, in my opinion. Sonya? No, Mandy Rose. I'd love it. I think Mandy Rose is definitely going to become the women's champion. I hope so. <laughs> I really hope so. She's great. She's really great, but I'm um, going to make my official pick with saying Mandy I think my Sonya. pick is going to be Bailey and Sasha. I'd be very, very sur- – I, I just think it's weird that you would build up that tag team for so long and then all of a sudden they don't win the title. Plus, they're going in the Elimination Chamber first, which means it all makes sense for them to just kind of like persevere through all that to be the new tag team champions. True. All right, then we have the big WWE title match. Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, Samoa Joe – Go for Kingston. By the way, did you watch the Gartland match? Tuesday? I did not. I heard Kofi, Kofi Kingston was Kingston. amazing. Woo! He put on a show. I was talking to Keith uh, today. I think it was yesterday or the other day, and he had suggested that the New Day should turn on Kofi so that they kind of break him up. And I said, I just don't think you can do that. No, nah, you can't. Because like they've been like such a legitimate tag team for so long, like a faction. They're one of the best factions WWE has ever had, in my opinion. And I think that you don't necessarily need to break them up just because Kofi wins the title. Because Big E is never going to win the title, and neither is Xavier Woods. Again, but would... you could still have them as a faction and maybe have Big E and, Kofi K- and uh, Xavier Woods go for the tag titles mm-hmm. as the New Day. I mean, Yeah, like them by themselves. Look, Xavier has turned into a very good wrestler. He's very good. And Big E, we know Big E can, can, can run the table. He was. I'm pretty sure he was the for, a former U.S. A U.S. champion, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. And I think he's a former Intercontinental champion as well. So all these guys can all run the table by themselves if they wanted to. But I think if you want to do something with it, you can put Kofi. I love the Kofi getting the single spotlight right now because for years, years people have been begging Kofi to be, be in the spotlight by by a, for a singles wrestler. We know he can do. Tag champion. He was the U- former U.S. champion. He's a former IC champion. Mm-hmm. Give him the shot at the at the WWE title. So I think right now, I think Daniel Bryan will win it. It's going to be like some fluky like win. It's gonna it's gonna be something really stupid. It's not going to be anything like legitimate. 
It's going to be like Eric Rowan in getting involved or whatever the hell it is. But I definitely think it's going to be. And I guess I mean, is that the end of the Bludgeon Brothers? I now think that, so. Now that Eric well, you Rowan know is what? partnering up you with Dana Bryan, I could see what I could see happen is, you know, we have Rowan partnering up with Daniel Bryan. I could see Bray Wyatt return, returning, which I still don't know why he hasn't returned yet. He's been announced healthy. They probably just haven't figured out where to place him yet. But you know, you can have him come back with Luke Harper. They could be the Wyatt family together, mm-hmm. versus Daniel Bryan and versus Daniel Bryan and Rowan, and then you have something there. That'd be great. But what I what I want to happen in this match, I want the final three to be AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Kofi Kingston. And Samoa Joe winning the title. Mm-hmm. But I know that's not going to happen. But I, I think Daniel Bryan retains. Okay. I think Daniel Bryan retains. I can't these. see Daniel Bryan losing the title at uh, Elimination Chamber. Yeah, and my friend brought up a good point, too, when we were talking about this. He was like, there's no way you don't have Daniel Bryan retain, at, especially right after he but just changed Mania, the title. But to at the Mania, head. I can't have another Daniel Bryan-AJ Styles match. No, nah, I see, can't do and anymore. My, and again, my one friend thought about this. He said he said this match would be for Fastlane. We, me and my, a bunch of my friends, we were just like, this would be a great WrestleMania match. Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe. Okay. That would be a great. So I think it should be just Daniel Bryan against Samoa Joe. I'm all for that too. You've been building up Samoa Joe for so long. You've done nothing with the guy. Like, can we at least give him something now? He deserves. Can you imagine how good a Daniel Bryan Samoa Joe feud would be? I think other than Finn Balor, Samoa Joe deserves the title. He's this. I feel like he's the second most deserving man. Or if you move, if you move Finn over to SmackDown, then the oh Finn Balor Daniel Bryan match would be truly amazing. That would be fantastic. By the way, did you see that New Japan and ROH are going to do a fan fest the weekend of WrestleMania? I did not. That's for, not Starcast, is it? No, that's the um, uh, what is it? The G one like whatever show. It's oh, okay, called. yeah. And it's gonna be the fan fest is gonna be at the Hulu Theater at Madison Square Garden the uh, the Friday before. So that just became a crazy wrestling weekend between NXT Takeover mm-hmm. being that Friday. And then you have this fan fest going on. Not to mention you have WrestleMania access going on all weekend. Mm-hmm. Saturday is going to be uh, the Hall of Fame, and it's going to be the New Japan show. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday you got Mania. Then you got Monday Night Raw at Barclays Center and Tuesday Night SmackDown at Barclays Center. Speaking of you know pre-show stuff and everything like that, did you hear The Undertaker is going to be at StarCast too? What's StarCast? StarCast is like the access and stuff like that for AEW. Are you kidding me? Wow. He's, he, it's announced he's going to be there. That is very, very interesting, man. I'm, I'm 90% sure that's what StarCast is, but I know I know StarCast has to be – is associated with uh, AEW, but – Well, I was reading something the other today on, like, Cage Side Seats, their rumor report, that um, Vince might be looking to lock up Brock and Ronda Rousey to, like, lucrative extensions because he's afraid – I think – it's not that he's afraid that he's going to lose people, but – he wants people to know that WWE is not a place that people like leave. Yeah, and yeah, this is what came out. It said the the Undertaker has signed on for a significant non WWE appearance in this spring, according to Sports Illustrated. But Taker has reportedly signed a deal to appear at Starcast to the wrestling convention in Las Vegas on Saturday, May twenty fifth. This is the same date as of all elite wrestling's double or nothing event. And the convention is somewhat affiliated with AEW, but not official AEW event, but basically it is an AEW event. And, and then not to mention, I just forgot you're going to have WrestleCon here too that weekend. Yeah. It's going to be New York city is going to be crazy that weekend. 
you could probably just go into into the city and you're probably bump into a, a, a famous WWE. I'll just go on my lunch hour. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm surprised you haven't like got any like uh, rooms yet for some uh, WWE uh, superstars. Not yet. I don't think we're gonna get them here. I don't think surprised. so. You know, we might get some of the small time guys. We might get the Ring of Honor guys. You know, I was even gonna. You know, what's funny. I should tell my I should tell my friend at work that he should look into that. Try to see if they can like book, um, mm-hmm. try to book a group. I mean, we might have a hard time now because we have a really large group coming in that week. But what hotel do you work at again? I forgot the New Yorker Hotel, New Yorker, Thirty Fourth Street and Eighth Avenue. Okay. Oh, so you're right there. Yeah, you're right there as soon as you hop right off by the from uh, Penn Station. Okay. All right, Clem. It is time to bring this show home, like we do every Friday, and that is with the Urban Dictionary Word of the Week. Where is it? Oh, did I take it out? Oh, no, it is. This is the Urban Dictionary Word of the Week. Yeah, that sounds awful. Now I now I hear it back again. That is awful. I'm glad you finally realized. That's that. really bad. You're like, it's 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 pretty good. You know, like, I heard it the first time. I'm like, this is solid. And then the second time when you mention it, I'm like, it's okay. Now I'm hearing it again. I'm like, this is pretty bad. <laughs> and you know, I think it's just my voice. Like I have someone else voice it. <laughs> Yes, that might be a good idea. <laughs> that, might, that might actually do it. All right, Clem. Here it is. I'm ready. I give you the name. You have to make it a guess. You are most likely guaranteed to get it wrong, and then I will tell you what it is. The Urban Dictionary Word of the Week is, I will say term. It's not really, it's more like, it's. this is more than one word. What is the El Paso card? The El Paso card? Oh, my gosh. Uh, my my friend thought of this one, by the way. It's actually really funny. I'm gonna if you could give a guess. Oh my god! If I had to give a guess, I'm gonna I'm imagine it has nothing. It has nothing to do with Texas, by the way. Oh, it goes my guess out the window. My first guess, at least. Um, El Paso card when you hit someone with a belt, and yeah, you hit someone with a belt. That's what I'm gonna say. That's the El Paso card. That's the best I, uh, I honestly have no idea. You told me to guess. That's my guess. Last week, I didn't know what a, what was it? A Bayside. The Bay City Slice. Yeah, the Bay City Slice. That way out of the blue on that one. So I'm going to guess you hit someone with a belt. Okay. Once again, Clem, you are not even close. <laughs> Here it is. The definition of the El Paso card, according to Urban Dictionary. Unlike when someone pulls your card, throws you under the bus, <laughs> The El Paso card is pulled when you're at the urinal in your office building and you fart, and then right away someone walks in and says hello to you using your name, thus announcing to those in the stalls it was you who just ripped one. Your friend told you about this one? My friend made this up, actually. Oh, my god! He's made up some, like, really good ones. So here's a sentence. Ready? Mike is standing at the urinal and farts. Phil walks in and says, yo, what's up, Mike? Pat comes out of the stall, looks at Mike, and says, Damn, Mike, Phil just pulled your El Paso card. Damn. That's bad. That's <laughs> I don't think I'm ever gonna use that in a sentence. But that's so that's just remember, out there. the next time you're in the stall, dropping a rat, and you you know, you hear somebody talking, you know, somebody rips one, and somebody goes, Oh, what's up, man? What's up, Speedy? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, then you go, oh, man, Speedy, you just pulled your El Paso card. There you go. See, I'm, if, I, if I do nothing for you, I'm educating you on ways you can, like, you know. Use this in a 
Sure. Like the Bay City Slice, I guarantee you, you will see the Bay City Slice. Oh, I've, I've have seen the Bay okay. City Slice. I don't think I'll ever see anyone use it in a sentence, but I've seen the action happen. Okay, so you are, but again, we're just using it. It's like a spelling bee. You know, it's like you do the origin of the word, and you ask them to read it in a sentence. You don't have to spell the word or the term. But think about it, the El Paso card. Like last week when you were driving home, and you maybe got stuck between two cars and you couldn't get around them, did you think when I told you it was called the Mexican roadblock? Uh, yeah, you know, it, yeah, no, yeah, it, yeah, it, it yeah. happened. See what I mean? It, like, there you happened, go. It happened in school, actually. What was it called? The Samoan roadblock? The Samoan roadblock? It happened in school. And I was like, the Samoan roadblock. This is it. This is happening to me right now. I didn't say it out loud or anything, but in my I mind, see. I was just like, this is what we talked about last week. <laughs> my, my friend had a, my friend Rafe had a really good one a while back. He used to call it, well, first he called it the Louisiana Purchase. <laughs> And then he called it the Bayou Buyback. It came up as the Bayou Buyback in Urban Dictionary. It doesn't exist anymore in that. And it's when you go to a bar with, like, all your friends. And, like, each one of you takes turns to buy, like, a round. And you have that one friend who's, like, really cheap and mm-hmm. doesn't buy a round and leaves before it's his turn to buy the, uh, to buy the round. Oh, that's me. That's me. And he goes, <laughs> and they called it the Bayou Buyback. <laughs> And, like, I mean, I've never done that before, but, like, I just think that's one of the funniest terms I think I've ever heard. Like, that, no, that, that's a great first term. First, he, he used to call it the Louisiana Purchase, and I thought that was hysterical, <laughs> right? But there it goes, the Bayou Buyback. So, here, so, so far in two weeks, we've had the Samoan Roadblock. We've had the Bay City Slice. We've had the El Paso Card. And we've had the Louisiana Purchase. Only on the Moffat on the Mic radio show will you get the Urban Dictionary Word of the Week. <laughs> and the, the word, not even regular words, like, kind of heard you heard in the street. These are out there. Well, These some are- of them are, like, corny. Like, if you've gone to UrbanDictionary.com, like, they're, they're kind of corny. You know, like, some of them are kind of, like, really stupid. Some of them are actually really funny, right? But I have to, like, research them, though, because it takes a while to, like, find them. Because a lot of them are not really, like, as funny as other yeah. ones. But some of them are actually really good. You ever look up uh, Limbrook on Urban Dictionary? Uh, Urban Dictionary? No. It's pretty funny because like Glen Cove, they had it pretty spot on. So I'm gonna I'm gonna type in uh, Limbrook and see what they say for uh, on here for Urban Dictionary. Let's see. Okay, here we go. High school that was, uh, the the only high school in the country that has its own stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that is, but. <laughs> The jocks slash cheerleaders are losers who everyone hates and are usually the only white people, but still pull off straight B's. They think they're the popular because of all the high school movies they watch, but they're so stupid that they keep forgetting that they go to Lindbrook High School. No one even pretends the, to, to, no one even pretends to like th- these assholes and sluts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where have we gone, Clem? This is how we end a Friday show, man. Damn it's nice to go into the weekend with the Urban Dictionary Word of the Week. <laughs> oh. Keep listening to Moffat on the Mic on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network for more Urban Dictionary Words of the Week. Every Friday. Every Friday. Although next Friday we will not have a show, so it may, we may have to either push it to Wednesday or push it back another week, which will give us plenty of time to look for more. We may have two. And plenty of time for me to come up with a new drop. Yes. Especially, oh, God, that's rough. It's, yeah. You know what it sounds like? You ever like... Um, 
You ever shake like a metal object and it goes like, whoa, 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 whoa. yeah, that's what that sounds like. You know, my brother, I had my. It sounds like bro- something out of like Blue Man Group. I had my younger brother come in and listen to it, and he was just like, it "Sounds good, but it sounds like we're getting abducted by aliens." And I'm just like, listen to it again. I was just like, it does, but you know, I'm trying. To, I would think I was just trying to convince myself it was. cool. It sounds like you were it. trying to like just like mess around with like you know you had too much White Castle and you started screwing around with insurance because you had nothing to do with like three in the morning. Because you, you, you know why we were learning we're learning all these new like crazy effects in class. So I was just I was just playing around to see what sounded cool, and I thought that I thought that sounded cool, but you know, I think I was just trying to convince myself it was cool sounding, but in reality, kind of kind of sucks. So, <laughs> all right, fair enough. I got you. Well, we love to stay, but we got to go. And you've been listening to the Moffat on the Mic radio show on Friday night, only on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Uh, we thank you for checking us out, as always. Follow us on Instagram at Moffat on the Mic, Twitter at Moffat on the Mic, and our Facebook page as well. We'll be back Monday night, 10 p.m. to midnight, right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Clem, thank you for holding it down like you normally do. Uh, work on those drops this weekend. And, um, you know, enjoy White Castle, but oh, don't even think about not showing up Monday. I don't want to hear about, you know, oh, my stomach and it still <laughs> hurts from Saturday and all that stuff. So you, you make sure you get your ass here Monday night. I, don't I wanna, got you. I don't hear I'll be it. here. All right. And uh, hopefully maybe we'll have some guests lined up next week as well. So we'll be back Monday night, 10 p.m. to midnight right here. One more time. Follow us on Instagram at Moffat on the Mic, Twitter at Moffat on the Mic, and our Facebook page as well on behalf of – no, I won't call you Constable Clem. That's not nice. The people's producer. I'm telling you, it'll stick. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> On behalf of the self-proclaimed people's producer, Chris Clem, I am Craig Moffat. Everybody have a great weekend. And again, we'll be back Monday night, 10 p.m. to midnight, right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Have a great weekend, everybody. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.